And that is going to do it. Congratulations to Mike Young and Virginia Tech. And let the celebration begin. After beating Clemson, they took out Notre Dame, North Carolina, and Duke on consecutive nights to win the ACC Tournament Championship. And as you said, Jay, they earned every ounce of it. You're listening to BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Wednesday as we're uh, putting together our show bracket here. We'll get into the games tonight. We had a lot to touch on with the NCAA tournament now in full swing. Everything really tips off tomorrow. Joining us right now on the Roman guest line is Jim Root of the three-man weave to give us his thoughts on the bracket, the matchups, the odds, everything here. Jim, welcome to the show. Um, to start us off, I guess, big picture thoughts uh, this year. Some years we get a lot of upsets. Some years it's more chalky. Some years you kind of see a, a wacky region. When, when the bracket came out and as you just kind of stared at it and bet it this week, Jim, uh, what, what stands out the most or what stood out the most about this year's tournament? Uh, it's kind of a carryover theme from the regular season. Uh, I think there could be some serious upsets here. Uh, early in the year, we saw a lot of it. Uh, and it's just it's mainly because th- there's a lot of teams that have a lot of experience at the mid-major level. A lot of them brought back the fifth-year guys because of the, the COVID extra year. Uh, that certainly helped mid-majors early on. I think it can help them again. And then I, I also tweeted something a little bit about this, but a lot of these uh, double-digit seeds – Colgate, South Dakota State, Jacksonville State, Vermont, they're really good shooting teams. The, the perimeter shooting is like top 20% or top 20 in the entire country. Uh, so I think that's going to help the dogs hang around, cover some of the bigger numbers. Uh, there's a lot of them I'm looking at that I think are, are, are worth a stab. Uh, and then on the other hand, the, the dogs that can't shoot, I think are in trouble. You're St. Peter's of the world. But uh, yeah, the ones that can shoot, I think I'm going to be taking a, a long, hard look at here. Yeah, the idea of the super seniors was talked a lot about a lot in the college football season, but but not as much throughout college basketball. Uh, what are some teams that really uh, jump out when it comes to the veteran leadership that they have? Always something uh, we like to talk about this time of the year. Yeah, uh, again, I, it was really prevalent in the mid-major world because like a lot of those guys, you know, they could they weren't really turning down big time pro careers, so they were happy to come back to their team. Uh, Montana State is one that I'm looking at here. Uh, their top three players are all fifth-year guys, uh, the Big Sky Player of the Year, their point guard, and their best wing. All of them opted to come back for a fifth season, so I think that's pretty huge. Uh, and there's kind of you go down the line some of the mid-major squads. Uh, Vermont has a couple. Chattanooga uh, has as a fifth-year guard that I think is the, has made the most threes in school history. That'd be uh, David Jean Baptiste. For those that watch the, the SoCon tournament, he's the one that hit the big-time buzzer beater to, to lift them into the mm-hmm. tournament. So, yeah, a lot of those mid-major teams, at, at the high-major level, it's rare. Like Wisconsin's got Brad Davison. Iowa's got Jordan Bohannon. Those guys are still around. Uh, but it's not as common. So I think that, that experience factor could play a role for some of those mid-majors. Let's take a look at some of these Thursday games. Um, one that I just cannot make a decision on. South Dakota State and Providence. Do you like the Jackrabbits? It seems like a lot of people do, but in my bracket, I'm tempted to take Providence. I don't. What are your thoughts? I'm torn. Yeah, I, I was torn a little bit too. Um, I, I like. I kind of wanted to rebel against the narrative that Providence is overrated and lucky and is definitely going to lose. 
but this one's more about South Dakota State for me. I, I just if they were if Providence was playing somebody I didn't trust in the first round, I'd, I'd move them on. I, I think this Jackrabbits team is awesome. Uh, their representative from the summit last year was Oral Roberts. We saw them win two games because of their lethal offense. And South Dakota State is is better than that team was both offensively and defensively. So I, I think the Jackrabbits, with the way they they shoot the ball, they're number one in the country in three-point percentage, but they also play inside out with a couple of skilled big men. Uh, I think they can compete just enough inside. And then the, the fact that they are so lethal on the perimeter. I, I'm going with South Dakota State there, despite it being such a short line, plus two for a, for a 13 seed. Jim, uh, we were filling out a bracket at the show right before you came on, and um, and I made the case for Colgate not just covering but winning the game. Do you think they could pull the upset? It's a seven-and-a-half-point number. They're underdogs to Wisconsin. It's the 14-3 game. You mentioned their shooting. That You know, the Johnny Davis injury is part of this whole thing, and Wisconsin has had a lot of – you know, I guess you could call it luck this year. I want some close games. Do you think Colgate can upset uh, the number three seed Wisconsin Badgers? I do. And I, I grew up right outside Milwaukee. I grew up a Badger fan. Uh, but I can say w- without bias, this team is vulnerable. Uh, you mentioned all the close games they played. Uh, it's reflected in the line. Uh, all the other three seeds are laying like 15 points. Wisconsin's only half of that. Uh, the shooting is huge for Colgate. And, and last year, this Raiders team with about four of the same starters got up big on Arkansas and ended up getting worn down by Arkansas's pressure and athleticism. That's not Wisconsin's game. Like Wisconsin is not a team that's going to overwhelm you with athleticism and depth over the course of a game. They're playing half court. They're playing the execution game. And that's, that's what Colgate's good at too. So I, I view these teams very similarly. And I don't think Wisconsin, other than Davis, if he's 100% healthy, uh, I don't view Wisconsin as like on a different level in terms of talent or uh, athleticism. So I, yeah, I think Colgate can hang around. The shooting gives you some high variance in that game. Definitely a chance to pull the outright upset. Double-digit seed getting a lot of love from the public so far, and uh, you're not buying. It's kind of the, the public dog that is going to burn people in the first round. What do you think? I, I don't know how much love they're getting, but UAB is my answer here. Uh, a, a team that I liked pre-tournament, but pre-selection Sunday, I guess, before the field was revealed. Uh, I just really don't like the matchup. Uh, Houston, throughout the season, blew out inferior competition. Uh, UAB is a good 12 seed, but they're kind of uh, they're, they're going to be overwhelmed physically here. They they dominated the CUSA with physicality, but you step up against Houston, who's maybe the most physical team, the most uh, intense defensive team, the way they take away the rim, they rotate out the three-point shooters. Uh, I, I like Houston quite a bit. And, and one little wrinkle, UAB's best player, Jordan Jelly Walker, the big-time shooter that pulls up from 30 feet. It's fun to watch. Houston played against him in their conference last year. He was at Tulane, so their coaches scouted him. He's, he's come up with game plans for him before. I think that familiarity really uh, helps the Cougars move on there. What are your thoughts on UConn? It seems like this is their time to shine. They've got a really good defense. I have them as a long shot to make the final four, but I'm curious your thoughts on the ceiling here for UConn. It's it's pretty high. The, the talent level is really impressive. The defense is there every night. You know they're going to play with intensity. They, they kind of reflect the uh, their, their coach's identity and, and mannerisms that way. Dan Hurley is, is kind of crazy on the sidelines. Uh, but that <laughs> physicality helps. I like their, their matchup that they drew in the first round here. New Mexico State is similar to UConn in that they, they dominated their league physically. 
UConn's just bigger. They're just better. They're more athletic. Uh, they've got some guys to throw at New Mexico State's best player, Teddy Allen. And then the draw going forward, Vermont or Arkansas, definitely beatable. The, the nervous part is, is can they beat Gonzaga, which I'm not on board with. I think the Zags are better and will win, but UConn has the upside. I, I will fully admit that. Like the, the ceiling outcome for UConn is, is potentially pulling off a crazy upset there in the Sweet 16. Jim, when you look at the Midwest, that, that's the bracket that we've been circling all week that we think there might be some wackiness uh, potential. We just talked about the idea of Colgate, um, the Jackrabbits of, of, of South Dakota State. What do you think of that bracket? Is, is this Kansas's and, and no question, or could you see total chaos in the Midwest region? Yeah, I, I could see some some serious chaos here. Uh, when, I, when this was first revealed, I, I was bummed because I, I think there are five teams in the South that I would pick to win the Midwest. Uh, over Kansas and, and over any of the teams down there. So I was bummed that the draw ended up as it is. You know, Providence and Wisconsin were the two teams all season that were not as strong analytically as their resumes would suggest. So I think that's you know a weaker three and four seed. It's reflected in the odds to make the final four. Um, Auburn tailed off a little bit down the stretch. Their guard play is shaky. Uh, so Iowa is, is definitely the darling here, the five seed. that They won the Big Ten tournament. Uh, I, I think there's a potential for some double-digit seeds to win early, and then Kansas-Auburn at least have some vulnerabilities as the high seeds to where, yeah, this, this one could get could get messy. Is it going to be your typical uh, tournament? I know you expect some upsets, but you just mentioned upsets early, but then things will kind of settle, and then once we get to the Elite Eight, we're going to see a lot of one, two, threes? That would be my assumption. I have... I do have Iowa getting the run to the Elite Eight, and then my little uh, my cute pick is St. Mary's to the Elite Eight. I, I'm just a huge fan of that team because I saw them in person a bunch, and maybe that's coloring my opinion. Um, but uh, I trust the Gales. But yeah, it, it's it's kind of been to me, despite that one Saturday right at the end of February where seven of the top ten teams lost. I still believe the top ten is is kind of like a, a notch ahead of the rest of the field. So the one seeds, the two seeds, and then. You know, a couple of the three seeds I, I still think are separate from the field and will separate themselves come that second weekend. Jim, another matchup that I'm really torn on is North Carolina and Marquette. I feel like this is just one that's up in the air for me. It could go either way. Um, what are your thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, I, I kind of like Marquette. Uh, I've been betting Shaka Smart and, and the Golden Eagles as an underdog all season. I think they're nine and three against the spread with a bunch of outright wins. They're only getting three and a half, three. So it's not a huge underdog cover spot, but North Carolina seems to be a bit of a darling. And I, I just Marquette maybe getting overlooked because of how they played down the stretch. Uh, I, I think they can battle in the paint. Uh, Armando Baycott for UNC might have a big game. His 20, he'll get his 20 and 10, but uh, I, I like Justin Lewis at the power forward spot. I think he can bully the matchups that UNC will throw at him. And then Daryl Morsell on the wing, he was the Big Ten defensive player of the year last year. I think they'll throw him at UNC's point guard, Caleb Love, and, and kind of cut off the head of the snake of this UNC offense. So I'm, I'm leaning towards Marquette there. I have them moving on in my bracket and, and thinking about betting plus three and a half as well. Quickly here, Jim, final four picks. Where, where are you right now? Because uh, we played it out ourselves, and, and we all liked Gonzaga to get there, and then we were debating the rest of it. So where, where, where's your final four sitting right now? Yeah, it's pretty chalky. I'll warn you. I don't have anything uh, crazy happening in the final four, but I have Gonzaga, Arizona, Kentucky, and Auburn coming out of the Midwest. And as I mentioned, 
I held my nose with the Midwest because I, I just I don't love any team to make that run. But somebody's got to get there. That's what they tell me contractually. It's how the bracket works. Uh, but that's where I landed. Yeah, and the Auburn one. I mean, that that if they're in a different bracket, they probably don't get there. But they certainly could because it's all craziness and wackiness. Jim, we really appreciate you hopping on, and um, and we'll have to do it again soon. Enjoy the next week or so. This should be uh, this should be a ton of fun. Jim Root of the Three Man Weave on the Roman Guest Line. Get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Go to GetRoman.com slash BeckQL now to get $15 off your first one. That's GetRoman.com slash BeckQL. We'll dive into tonight's games. Line movement all coming up next right here on the BeckQL Network. These Joes are helping you bet like a pro. It's Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth on BeckQL Daily from BeckQL.